0: I'm Damien Barr and I'm a guest on my own podcast, which I have to admit does feel a little bit weird. But I'm here for you, giving you an exclusive reading from my novel, You Will Be Safe Here, one of three readings that I'm going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. I feel like I've been talking about this novel for years because I've been working on it for five years, but it does seem like some people out there don't know what it is. So for those of you who don't, here is a very quick summary from the back of the book. You Will Be Safe Here is a powerful and urgent novel of two connected South African stories. Inspired by real events, it uncovers a hidden colonial history, reveals a dark contemporary secret, and explores the legacy of violence and our will to survive. So basically, wherever there is darkness, there is light. It's that sort of union feel. And the book takes us to some really dark places, but also to some really beautiful places. I want to start from the very beginning from the prologue, where we meet Willem, who is being taken by his mother Irma to New Dawn Safari Camp, and the car that they're in is being driven by Jan, who is her boyfriend. Willem is 16. The reason that this is a prologue rather than chapter one is that I wanted you to start with the present day story and then go into the history so you understand that it's not historical fiction. It has got history in there. We go all the way back to 1901 in this novel, but we're also more or less in the present. The book is about understanding how the past influences the present and what choices we have or not in our own destiny. So this is from the prologue, the 1st of October 2010, south of Johannesburg. And you'll have to forgive me because I can't do an Afrikaans accent, so I'm not even going to try. Now the moment is here. Irma doesn't know quite what to do. She pushes the intercom again, careful of her new nails. They for sure know we're coming, ya? Just leave it, says Jan, fussing with his camera. Get in the picture, eh? Willem, shades off. Arm round your ma. Willem's eye roll is almost audible. No, he won't hold her. He feels her neediness and it grosses him out. If she really loved him as much as she's always saying, she wouldn't be leaving him here. For the whole three-hour drive, he bored deep holes into the back of Jan's thick, bald head. Finally, Jan, who he'll never call Pa, leaned back and snapped, Answer your mother. But Willem just pushed his earbuds deeper, gloried as Harry was chosen for Gryffindor yet again. He didn't realise he was moving his lips to the words till he caught Jan smirking in the mirror and shuttered his face with his hoodie. Willem needs magic today, even if he is too old for it. Closer, says Jan, edging them towards the white ex-demonstrator four-wheel drive Ford with good fuel economy that his boss cut him a deal on. Let me get the truck in. Irma nudges Willem. Smile nice. Willem slides his Oakleys off and half-opens his eyes, pilot-light blue like his pa's. People are always telling him to smile. He's not been up this early for, what, months? Years? His ma swipes his hood off and curls the exact colour of Easter chicks spring away from his face. He's got a perfect library tan. He's hiding in his baggiest black hoodie and track pants and his feet flop in bright white Adidas high-tops, A puppy growing into his paws. The crappy Casio he got for his sixteenth is back home because who wears a watch now anyway and he'd still be late, Jan says. Willem braces for the flash. Smile, sings songs Jan, cutting the word in two. Smile. He holds the camera out, pushing Willem away. Irma turns her engagement ring, hopes it shows. Her eyes, smudges of no-run mascara, brim with her boy. When did it get so big? Will this place fix him? She tugs at the sleeveless white top that doesn't hug her where she doesn't want it to and loops her right arm through Willem's left. She pulls him closer. They've not quite finished arranging their faces when Jan clicks the button. The flash is lost in spring sunshine. Willem bolts over to the gate. It's barbed wire, but barely man high. Out here walls are lower. You can see gardens. Only the ground floor windows have bars. There's no movement from the low red brick homestead up ahead. A shady stoop wraps around it, waiting for rocking chairs. A pocked satellite dish clings to the stone chimney. There must be security. Willem identifies some kind of prunus guarding the gate, but the crows have had its fruit. There are no other houses, no other people. A heavy-shouldered red barn squats on the horizon opposite. Behind it, a vast dark steelworks blots out the sky. Clouds belch from giant cooling towers with the ghetto curves all the girls want. Lightsaber green flames, bright even on a day like today, flicker from skinny sky-high pipes. The air tastes of old torch batteries licked on a dare. While they stand around waiting for the buzz click of electric locks, Jan checks for cameras. Weekend by weekend he's filled their bungalow with them. He bribed Willem to put the feed on his phone and is gripped, watching empty rooms, waiting for people he knows to walk in and do what they always do. Jan dreams of a panic room. He gives Irma a look as she lights another menthol. She feels her boy moving further and further away. In her head she goes over all the bits she's packed. The list from New Dawn was detailed, extensive and expensive. Two pairs of trousers two t-shirts, a cap and two dress shirts, all in khaki. Then boots, running techies, trunks, towels, sheets, sleeping bag, tin plate, mug and bowl and a bible, travel size. No mobile, but she won't be the one to tell him that. A hunting knife will be provided, but used only under strict supervision. Safety first at New Dawn. Willem's sick hearing about the camp. The badly photocopied leaflet slid from his happy 16th card which had boasted a red Ferrari. He has never expressed any interest in any car. You'll love it, Irma tells him, tells herself for the thousandth time. Willem turns away and watches a column of dark brown ants besiege the gate. Anapolepsis custodians, the common pugnacious, nippy, he wills them towards Jan. It'll be lecker! Irma chirps. Loads of other boys, and you'll all be proper rangers at the end. He fucking better, says Jan. I'm down 22,000 rand. He needs to man up, stand on his own two feet. The ants breach the gate, and as Willem turns to answer back, a battered red backy dust clouds towards them from behind the house. Hush, Irma begs, smoke signalling distress with her menthol. For Christ's sake, shut up. Big dogs tumble around the wheels. Willem makes out bore bells, As the baccy roll stops, they drop silently, stubby tails quivering, drool pulling round powerful jaws. They are as still as the stupid plastic giraffe his ma worries will wander from their garden like anybody would steal that. The windows are security dark, so the first Willem sees of anyone from New Dawn is a pair of dusty black boots with khakis tucked in. As he tries to imagine the rest, a boy, barely taller than him, steps carefully from behind the door. His hair is black velvet, buzzed to nothing. Willem spots a rusty cut on his head as he pulls a camo cap on. A short-sleeved khaki shirt flaps round pale arms. He holds on to the door. Willem's shoulders drop. As the gate swings inwards, he reaches for it, doesn't know why. Irma grabs him, nearly burns him with her menthol. She can't take any more of this. He doesn't listen, never thinks, stays up all night in his room instead of going out and being normal. She points to a yellow sign with a lightning bolt and a skull. Jan orders her back into the ford so they can drop him off and get home before dark. They can't be driving then, not these days. The other boy shakes his head and steps forward, careful to stay behind the fan and the dust left by the gate. To just him. Willem raises a hand to his chest. But, begins Irma, this is not how she thought it would go. His things. Jan pushes past and opens the boot, leans in and heaves out his old army duffel. Irma thinks it's sweet to let Willem have it. The tin mug clatters as it lands by the backy. He can get it. Good practice, eh? The boy glances back to the silent house, then leans down as Willem steps forward, and they almost bump heads. Willem feels the twinge of defeat as the other boy swings it onto the backy with surprising ease, then gets in and opens the door. Geldenhus, he says, pointing to his badge. He sounds like the boarding school boys Willem avoided on the bus. As Willem climbs in, he realises he's not said goodbye. The door click-locks. The backy is already reversing, so he waves to his ma, who's waving back and getting smaller as Jan reverses onto the dirt road, but she can't see him through treacherous mascara. Suddenly, Willem doesn't want her to go. He feels the other boy glance and lays both hands flat, then tries to spread on his seat, Jan style. Willem steals a look at the geldenhouse who is spinning the wheel unworried by the chasing dogs. Up close, the cut by his ear looks old, but there are fresher ones. Willem wonders what his hair was like before. Passing the postcard old homestead, they head straight for another, bigger gate, crowned with razor wire. A red, white, and black flag snaps against the blue spring sky. Ha ha, how's it, ba 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 bro? laughs Willem, slipping his Oakleys back on. Geldenhurst can't even be bothered to be bothered, just breaks at the second gate and sounds the horn three times. A walkie talkie crackles from the floor. Vileg? Then, not a second later, in exasperated English, safe. Willem reaches for it, but Geldenhurst grabs it, checks his mirrors, then hits reply. Viilig. Willem tries another tack. So, bro, what's here then? You'll see, says Geldenhus, as the gate slides back. So that's the prologue, and to find out what happens next to Willem in the camp with Geldenhus, you'll have to read on. I always think of the salon audience when I'm writing because I get to set up on that stage with incredible authors from all around the world cheering their work, and I look out at all of you listening. And I think of all of you listening as I'm writing. So thank you for all your encouragement and all your support. And I really hope that you enjoy. You will be safe here. I'm going to do another two extracts over the next week. So listen out for them. And thank you for being a part of this story.